Ah, I hear the buzz. Welcome to Business Buzz. This is your host, Harold Littlejohn. I've got a bit of a cold, so forgive me if I don't sound like my normal happy chipper self. I'm still happy, but my throat's kind of funny, and I'm just trying to make sure I can get through all the things that we're going to talk about. I got a lot of great subjects today, uh, news. I've got one particular thing that I want to teach you something, which I'm going to do toward the end of the hour. So let's get right into it. As far as the economy, I like to talk about the economy because this show is about business and everybody should be aware of what is actually happening around us. And you don't always get that news when you tune into CNN, Fox News, local news. So that's where I feel like I can offer this value here. If you listen to me, I will keep you up on the news that you need to know. And hopefully you'll put that news into use to help yourself. So that's, that's the whole idea. This is to help you. If you have any questions about business, if you have any questions about anything, if you just want to talk about these things, you can call here at 894-7325, and we can discuss whatever you want to talk about. You can ask me questions. I've been doing the CPA business and helping people with their investment ideas for 30 years now here in Chico. It's been a great place to been a great place to work, great place to raise my son, uh, just a great location to be at. I'm, I'm glad I'm in Chico. The problem is Chico's part of the world, and we can't ignore the rest of the world. So the first topic I wanted to talk about was, if things aren't good and your budget is low, like let's say you or your spouse lose your job, you're now getting 500 or 1,000 a month net pay not coming in where it used to, something like that, what would be, what do you think would be one of the first things that would go in your monthly spending? I believe that one of the first things that might go would be that meal that you go out and eat dinner out. Some people try to do it once a month. Some people do it twice a month, maybe once a week, maybe twice a week, depending on your budget. But that's one of the things that's likely to be something when you sit down at the kitchen table and you say, well, what can we cut out this week to help us meet our budget with less take-home pay? Some kind of question like that. I think that one of the things you might decide not to do is to go eat out and spend extra money at a restaurant, having a couple drinks and buying dinners out. The reason I bring that up is that I have an article here for you. It came out on August 15th from my favorite website. I encourage you to read this on a daily basis, zerohedge.com. It's got a lot of financial news and political news. Like I say, by reading this, I'm usually ahead of someone will come up and tell me, did you see this thing about this and that? And a lot of times I can say, yes, I, in fact, I saw it yesterday. So I recommend zerohedge.com for a good news source just to check on what's going on. The title of this article from August 15th is U.S. Restaurant Industry Stuck in Worst Collapse Since 2009. I think everybody remembers 2009. It's the worst year in the last probably 40 years that the economy totally slid. It was after the 2008 uh, financial crisis, they call it. It was basically the beginning of the end in 2008. I've talked about that before. Uh, nothing's been fixed. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that in a little later part of the show today. But this particular article says, 
shortly after we reported that the restaurant industry hasn't reported a positive month since February 2016, we can add one more month to the running total. According to the latest update from Black Box Intelligence, sorry, that's Black Box Intelligence's um, data, uh, the restaurant sales have gone down 2.8%. Uh, same store sales are down 2.8% in July, and foot traffic declined 4.7%. So it's it's bad and it's getting worse. And like I say, it's been a year and a half now since they've had a positive uh, restaurant month. Some areas have a little positive. Uh, this article actually shows sort of a map with the United States areas. But the point is, is that no matter what you hear about the economy improving, why aren't restaurant sales doing better? Another good question is when you hear that retail sales aren't doing well, everybody understands that people are probably shopping less at the mall and more online but an interesting fact of that is that the total retail sales are still very bad, including online. And the other thing is, people say, well, of course, Macy's with all these stores. Well, don't forget, Macy's has online sales also. So if it's true that retail is going down because the malls are going down or the, the department stores are going down, where's the online Macy's, online Sears, online Pennies, where's that picking up? Or even to say, where's the Amazon picking up the difference? It's not. So things like this restaurant decline in July for the 18th straight month, it's an indicator that things are not looking good. And I just want everybody to realize that when you're watching the news, and especially the national news, You'll get the feeling that everything's good because they'll mention that the Dow Industrials is up today. I did notice that it was over 22,000 this morning. But if you remember about a week ago, I dissected for you the Dow 30 Industrials. And I came to my own conclusion. Anybody who wants to argue with me, that's fine. I came to the conclusion that 19 of the 30 are either not industrial at all or borderline industrial, you would have to sort of stretch it to say, oh, that's industrial. So the problem we're having is that our country no longer makes anything. We have some intellectual property. We have Facebook and Google. But we're not doing any of the manufacturing. And so nothing real real is really getting done here to be sold to foreign foreign countries where our imports can start picking up. We have a regular deficit every month. I don't know the numbers right off the top of my head. I could look it up, but it's not it's doesn't the exact numbers doesn't matter. We have a trade deficit every month of something to the effect of 40 or 50 billion dollars a month, which means for in each month, let's say we export $50 billion worth of goods. In that same month, we're importing 90 to $100 billion worth of goods. That's where the deficit comes in. That's not the way to grow an economy. I heard a real interesting thing today. It was a contrast between Donald Trump's campaign discussion of the economy and mentioning what he's been saying since he's been president. One of the things he said was the stock market's in, this is during the campaign, the stock market's in a bubble. If the Federal Reserve raises interest rates, the market's going to crash. It was talk sort of like that. That's sort of the talk that got him all the votes that he got, I believe. Now, as president, he's more saying, like taking credit for this great stock market recovery and all the high stock prices. 
Also, during the campaign, he mentioned that real unemployment could be as high as 40% because there's 93 million people who aren't even looking anymore. And then he said, but it could be maybe 20%. Well, now our government claims that the unemployment is like 4.5%, and President Trump isn't really arguing with those numbers very often from what I can see. If I'm wrong, let me know, because if he's tweeting things like real unemployment's 40%, um, if he were to say that, then I, I could be wrong that he's not not saying that, but I haven't heard him say that kind of thing lately. So everything's relative. Before the election, he was really resonating with people like me who talk, who hear things that they don't hear anywhere else. One of the criteria where I like a candidate, and I'm going to talk a little bit about voting in a minute. One of the things I like to hear is something that nobody else would say. And I will say that in all these years that I've been old enough to vote and watching these elections, nobody ever said thing. nobody in a presidential election ever said things even close to what Trump was saying, like calling the New York Times fake news, saying that the real unemployment's over 20%, saying that the stock market's going to crash. So I thought that was kind of cool. But on the subject of a presidential election and what was said, I will reiterate what I said a couple of weeks ago on the business buzz. I don't vote anymore, and I don't participate in the system. When I look at what this Congress does, what the Supreme Court does, I don't want to be part of that. I disagree with almost everything they do. I think that the 0.1 or the 0.001% now controls something like 50% of all the assets. I don't know. It's some outrageous number. The 16 wealthiest families in the world own more than the entire bottom 50% of the world. Something like that. I, I read these things, and these days I mainly read them so I can share them with you. I particularly don't even want to think about how bad these things are, but... Somehow it's got to be changed. I personally don't feel that the ballot box is where it'll change. If, if I'm wrong and things can turn around and representatives can be voted out all at once and we have a huge changeover in Congress and something actually changes in Washington and Sacramento, then I honestly, I might be wrong. And if that were the case, I might someday vote again. But I'm just not certain that that'll ever happen. It's just kind of strange. I have seen so many good candidates turn out to not do good things that I'm wondering why the whole system just seems to be broken. But that's my little tirade about not voting. The other interesting thing is I actually looked for a form from the county to unregister to vote. I could not find one. So I'm probably still on the, on the rolls. Not sure. But that's my little tirade on that. Now another topic I wanted to talk about, it's not directly related to the economy or business, but it is the in the news a lot lately, and it's this whole thing about the Charlotte, North Carolina problem with the car crash and the anti-protesters and the protesters and my feeling on that is that the goal of and I'll just call them the people who don't want things to change because that's probably the point zero zero one they their goal is to divide and conquer and so I have an article that I'm going to talk about with you in a little bit here. It's actually, this is a reprint. It's an article talking about, it's talking about the, um, 
Oh, we're up against the break, and we have a caller on the line. So we'll be back in a minute, and we're going to talk about divide and conquer, and we're also going to talk to our caller. So hold on. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Business Buzz will be back. Honey, I'm really worried about our retirement funds. Oh, me too. We lost so much value in the recession in the stock market. I'm worried we won't have enough to retire. Jim next door told me that he had set up a new kind of IRA with the Gold Silver Group. He said how simple and safe it was. It's a private storage IRA, and we could have real gold and silver in our hands. Really? You mean we can actually see it and touch it? Absolutely. Jim said we could have all the benefits of an IRA to help build our retirement income. Bottom line, we would own a real tangible asset, and we would have the security of knowing we're protected no matter what the economy does. What do you think? I think we need to find out how to get our own private storage IRA. We need to call the Gold Silver Group right now. Are you ready to protect your future? Call 800-511-6771 now to find out how easy and safe it is to set up a private storage IRA with Gold Silver Group and find out how you can qualify for up to $700 in free silver. All transactions are privately delivered and fully insured. Please call us now. 800-511-6771. 800-511-6771. KKXX is excited to present Seeds of Truth with Joe Holcraft each weekday evening. Joe has hosted the Catholic Hour every weekend for the last eight years. And Seeds of Truth promises the same Catholic understanding of sacred scripture, contemporary faith-based topics, and the latest news from around the world. If you have questions about faith, join Joe and the Seeds of Truth right here on KKXX each evening, Monday through Friday. Welcome back to Business Buzz. We have a caller that I'm going to get to in just a minute, so caller, hang on. I'm glad you called, but I have to finish this one thought. In my talking about divide and conquer, which is their goal, and you, you as the average American is the target of that, I have another Zero Hedge article I want to touch on right now. It's from uh, the 17th of August, which um, if... uh, like I say, I've had a cold today, so I'm not, I'm not all there, but it is today. And here's the title of this one. Why was this crowd hire company recruiting $25 an hour political activists in Charlotte last week? So I'm just going to read a little bit. Trump ignited a political firestorm yesterday during an impromptu press conference in which he said there was blame on both sides for the tragic events that occurred in Charlottesville over the weekend. Now, the discovery of a Craigslist ad posted last Monday, almost a full week before the Charlottesville protests, is raising new questions over whether paid protesters were sourced by a Los Angeles-based, quote, public relations firm specializing in innovative events, end quote, to serve as agitators in counter-protests. The ad was posted by a company called Crowds on Demand, and offered $25 per hour to actors and photographers to participate in events in the Charlotte, North Carolina area. While the ad didn't explicitly define a role to be filled by its crowd of actors and photographers, it did ask applicants to comment on whether they were, quote, okay with participating in peaceful protests. And this article goes on to to show the actual text of the ad. So, um... So what is Crowds on Demand? According to their own website, they're in the business of sourcing large crowds of people to, quote, provide clients with protests, rallies, and flash mobs all over the country. They even have an entire page on their website dedicated to, quote, protests and rallies. So anyway, you can read more about that. I won't take up too much time on it. But what I wanted to get across there is that divide and conquer is their goal if you really look at the voting records of Republicans and Democrats, there's maybe two or three hot-button issues that they disagree on. Uh, abortion, uh, affirmative action, you know, a couple of things here and there. But otherwise, everybody's pretty much doing the same thing. So anyway, uh, I've got a caller on the line. We're going to talk to him right now. And caller, you're on the air. Hey, Harold. Hey, is this Jim? Yes, how you doing? Hey, Jim. Glad you called. Yeah, yeah, I wanted to chastise you a little bit for not voting here because what happens with the people who decide to opt out and not participate at all 
they just leave it to the wackos that are left. Yeah, and I know sometimes it's frustrating to try to elect people to do um, the job, but if you don't slow down this inexorable move towards uh, decrepitude, then it just gains more and more speed. And, you know, going back in history, I mean, you look at, you look at the empires going back to the ancient Greek city-states, the Romans, the Persians, uh, going through the Italian Renaissance, you know, with the city-states. They all were successful, and then as, as the success became atherosclerotic, so to speak, in the culture, the bureaucracies got to the point where the bureaucracies ran the state, and uh, free enterprise and innovation and cultural decay set in, and they all failed. So if we were able to overcome this, we'd be the first civilization in the history of the world to overcome an overpowering bureaucracy. And I just, I just can't, I just can't let you sit there and say, well, I'm not going to participate anymore. I'm going to let it happen even faster. Okay. You know that what? That was my thinking. I'm, I'm, glad, I'm glad you brought that up because it is something that I've really done. I mean, I honestly do soul searching on this kind of thing when I decide something, and I'm glad to hear your perspective on that. Uh, I don't... One of the things about my decision to not vote, and I'd say I made that decision... Oh, I don't know. I kind of remember not voting in a gubernatorial election. So, I mean, it's probably been six or eight years. I personally feel better in my own mind not having the conflict of reading things, studying the... uh, I personally get so, in the old days, I would get so worked up on things like NAFTA and all these things. I... to be honest, my decision to not vote, I back it up with my contention that it's a system that doesn't work and I don't want to be part of it. But yeah, but Harold, it does work. I mean, if you look at the broad over over the American history over the last hundred years, even, I mean, we've had terrible problems. We had the Civil War, we had Reconstruction, then we had to go into... Uh, the end of the empire age, and we had to divest ourselves of our own uh, imperial holdings, like the Philippines and uh, some of those islands out there. I mean, we've had, and we've overcome massive racism. I mean, you have to take the long view on this. Every every generation has massive uh, difficulties facing it. There's a challenge for every generation, and you know, the World War II generation, the greatest generation. Look what they overcame. Look at the depression, the the problems that they had to uh, uh, overcome, and also going back to the last century. Look at slavery. Slavery caused us innumerable problems from the very get go. They you know, were compromising constantly. The free and slave states were constantly battling each other in a political nature, and finally, in 1860, it erupted in the Civil War. I mean, all these things are are overcome as we as we go through the centuries. It just seems like you're you're giving up and just letting the the forces of uh, leftist evils get get their way. And well, I, that's what, I, I, that's I, what I, I in theory and in concept, in the big picture forest concept of all that, I agree with you. And it sounds stupid to drop out, but I I have three letters to say to you, and I'd like your I'd like a response. JFK. Well, there's always been assassinations. Go back and look at uh, Garfield. Garfield was assassinated by a political hack. He was a foreigner too. And look at and McKinley. McKinley was assassinated by another uh, office seeker who that, wanted who my, wanted a job and they wouldn't give him a job, so he got mad and he shot him. Right, but I my mean, my point is, if if my contention is true. And, I, of course, nobody can really prove all this, but if my contention is true that these assassinations aren't lone nuts and that they're actually deep state operations, then my point about saying JFK is simply, okay, if I went out and voted and I helped JFK get elected, look what good that did. We had Johnson well, you, yeah, and we had Vietnam. Yeah, but you're Vietnam. assuming it was a big conspiracy, and I, that, even the History Channel debunked that. Well, now, see, that's the thing. I, I don't want to argue. Crazy. I, 
Right. I, and I can't argue all these facts or non-facts about assassinations. I mean, I have my beliefs in what's true and everybody else does too. But my point is, is that in the long run, the, the, like I was saying before, the people who run things, and I won't even get into who that might be, but it is definitely a small group, they have had their way elections or no elections, and that's my feeling. And I personally am more at peace knowing that I'm not a participant in that system. I think we need a whole new system. I don't know what it is. Nobody's asking me to run it, but this system is broken, and I don't want to be part of it. And that I understand your arguments, but in my feelings and in my, in my world of the reading I've done, I'm convinced that it's completely broken, and I, I don't want to play. I'm picking up my marbles from the sandbox. <laughs> yeah, we've like got to be careful because the system that replaces it could be ten times worse. That look at the revolutions. I mean, the 20th century was rife with massive revolutions, and not one of them was an improvement on the previous. I mean, look at the look at the African states. They all rebelled and they got their independence, and they they should have stayed with the British. The British were doing a better job. You know, you're, the states that we have now, you're, you're, I'll, uh, I'll I know leave you, you with that. No, spot. no, I know you're, you are knowledgeable about a lot of these things. Now, one thing that occurs to me, you got another minute, Jim? Just one. Yeah. Um, 99% of the people I've ever met are good-hearted people who would treat everybody real well. Who the heck is running this country? That, well, uh, we, I, I'm, we, I'm lost. We always, have that, we always have that dichotomy of the elitist. East Coasters, and here on the West Coast, too, we have the elitist Democrat crowd running Sacramento, and we have an elitist East Coast crowd that is very influential. But look at look at what happened this this late, this last fall showed us how we can change things. I mean, Donald Trump is a sea change. This guy is a quantum leap beyond the usual Romney right. Hey, we're going to pick anything. this up some other time. I really appreciate the call, Jim. Thanks for your knowledge. Great. Thanks for calling. Welcome to our show. I'm Scott Allred. I'm Ben Taney. I'm Trisha Coder. And I'm Matt Four. This is Jessica Wilkerson, one of your hosts of Chico Now. A half hour designed for the community and brought to you by the community. Each day, one of our hosts will join with people from organizations throughout the greater Chico area. We want to let you know what's happening in Chico Now. So join us at 1230 Monday through Friday here on KKXX for Chico Now. Hello, I'm Gary Crossland. Everything in the Old Testament points forward to Jesus. Everything in the epistles points backward to Jesus. That's why I encourage people to read the words of Jesus every day. This is where emotional and spiritual health come from. Jesus said, if you love me, you will obey my commandments. Well, where do you read his commandments? But in the Gospels. Now, I know that it's easy to get a little confused when jumping between one Gospel and the next which is why I wrote the Merged Gospels. It's where all four Gospels are literally translated from the Greek, broken down word by word, and merged back together into one beautiful chronological story with not one word of scripture removed. You can't buy it in stores. It's available only online at mergedgospels.com. It's great for new believers, for personal devotions, and for group studies. There's also an audiobook, And as always, you get to name the price. Just go to mergedgospels.com. Hey, everyone. Let's all stop what we're doing and take a moment. You see? Every moment can be kind of special. But they could be loud moments, goofy moments, dorky moments. It doesn't matter. Because every time dads like us take a moment like that to spend with our kids, well, it's pretty momentous. So let's take a moment to make a moment. Call 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Welcome to Business Buzz. This is your host, Harold Littlejohn. I'm CPA. If you need any kind of tax or financial help, give me a call. 895-3353. I'm located at 1208 Mangrove Avenue, same location for 27 years now, and happy to help everybody. I'm, I'm a good second opinion. 
there's another topic I want to talk about, and we're going to have a little lesson at the uh, last part of the show at quarter till. We're going to end up with a little lesson I want you guys to participate in. But for now, I want to talk about the U.S. dollar and what's going on with our money. So, of course, this is a topic I talk about a lot. You've heard me say this, that, and the other quite a few times. The point is, is that the latest Federal Reserve announcement that I believe it came out yesterday, it wasn't, uh, August is not the kind of month, uh, usually it's March, June, September, and December that are the Federal Reserve meeting months that when they come out and make an announcement, it's possibly an interest rate hike and all that, and it's a big deal to all the economists and all the Wall Street guys. August is not the kind of month that's a big deal. What was interesting with the Federal Reserve's announcement yesterday is that they basically didn't push on some of the things they've been saying previously. Some of their headlines previously were about their balance sheet. They're going to unwind their balance sheet, which means stop buying everything, stop buying things that nobody else wants to buy. They didn't really say that. And my point of this is that When the 2008 crisis occurred, they started a thing, I believe it started in 2010, called QE, which is a short for quantitative easing, which in reality could be, they like to obfuscate things with all these complicated terms that they figure, oh, no one's going to look that up. Nobody's going to understand that. They'll They'll think it's something really smart. Why don't we just call it what it is? It's money printing and it's buying things that nobody else wants. They were buying publicly, I believe, something like $80 trillion a month of government debt because no one else would. Then they did a thing called Operation Twist and they bought the long-term, sold the short-term. It was like a switch from short-term to long-term bonds. Then they had a QE3 where they bought some more. Here's the interesting thing. They claim to have stopped this QE. The same month they claim to have stopped this, let's just call it 80, uh, $80 billion a month of purchases, the month after they claim to have stopped doing that, the country, the central bank of Belgium started buying 80 trillion or something like that of our bonds. It's like, give me a break, folks. What it is, is this is hidden QE. And it, based on what I've read, I can't, nobody can prove this. You're not going to see it in the New York Times or the Washington Post. Based on what I've read, the QE's probably still going on even more, even higher than it used to be. Because who in their right mind would put their mo- their hard-earned money in a 10-year treasury bond to earn 2.3%, I believe it is right now? I haven't looked it up lately. Do you really think you're going to keep up with inflation by earning 2.3% over the next 10 years? My contention is that the Federal Reserve is still buying all those bonds to keep the interest rate down. Like I've said before, if you use the public number of $20 trillion for our government's debt, the average interest rate on that, let's just say, is 2%, because that's the 10-year bond, which is sort of in the middle between the short two-year and the long 30-year, there's a 10-year. That interest alone is $400 billion a year. If interest rates were to go up, in other words, if people stopped buying these bonds, and I'm, I'm telling you that I think it might be our government buying the bonds, if interest rates went to a normal level of 5%, which is the low end of the normal level, that would be $1 trillion per year in interest alone. Now, we've already got these huge deficits. 
with $400 billion of interest. Could you imagine tacking $600 billion onto that each year and then, then trying to ever balance a budget? It's a complete joke. So my point of this is that things are not going to go well when the rest of the world who has been using the dollar as the preferred method, the preferred means of currency for worldwide oil transactions, worldwide cargo ship transactions, the dollar is the world standard currency. The problem is you can't print trillions of dollars in the currency that is the world standards currency without giving trouble to the entire economic system. Foreign countries see our money printing and they realize that the dollar is no better than some of these other currencies. So once that happens, confidence in the U.S. dollar is going to slip. I pointed out before that the U.S. dollar is down about 10%, I believe, over about three months. Looks like it's going to keep falling. You never know where it's actually going to go, but it is down 10% in the last few months. So with all this money printing, wouldn't you think that would have, if they're doing this to stimulate the economy and to get the economy going, shouldn't that have helped the economy since 2010? I don't think it has. We've talked about retail. We've talked about restaurants. There's another measure that's the most important one. It's called the velocity of money. And to give you a definition, I just uh, I was just looking here at the... Uh, anyway, it's the number of times a dollar turns over during the year. So if you have a dollar in circulation, how many times is that dollar spent? I have some bad news regarding the velocity of money. Even with all these trillions printed, the problem is to calculate the velocity of money, you use the total transactions divided by the supply of dollars. That's the bottom half of the fraction. Here's the problem. Even if the actual numerical amount of transactions in dollars goes up, which is the top half, which I believe is called the numerator, our denominator, which is the bottom half of the fraction, is so inflated and gigantic right now that the velocity of money lately is as low as it was during the Great Depression. So maybe somebody can explain to me how we can print trillions of dollars under the guise of stimulating the economy and have the velocity of money not go up. It's sort of scary. We have a velocity of money equal to the Great Depression. If you count the number of people who are no longer even looking for work, and they don't count in the unemployment figures because they are not drawing unemployment, they're not currently looking for work, and that level could be 20 to 30% of true unemployment, then aren't we right back where we were in the 1930s, but people just don't know it? I can tell you, I've been on Mangrove Avenue in the same location for 27 years. For the first 23 or 24 years of that time, I would see one or two people who are uh, economically disadvantaged. I'm not even going to call them an, a, na a title because I don't want to insult them. There's tons of reasons why people are walking around the streets carrying what they own on their back. I'm, I'm not going to even label them. I'm just stating a fact. 27 years in the same location, the first 23 or 24 years of those, I would see maybe 
one or two persons with their possessions on their back per month, maybe, at the most. I mean, it would actually be something I would make a note of mentally when I saw one because it was so rare. At this time, I would probably say that if I had to count how many persons walking with what they own being carried, maybe on their back, it may be on the bicycle trailer, uh, there's different ways they carry their possessions. I would probably say that there's at least 10 a day. Now, I will grant you that that's probably nine of those 10 are the same ones every day because they have their routes of where they sleep, where they eat. I'm not talking about policy. I'm not talking about the city council. I'm not saying anything about anything political. I'm saying there are probably, I'm doing the math in my head here, there's probably 25 to 30 times as many people with their possessions on their back on Mangrove Avenue now than there was five to ten years ago for what that's worth. Our political system that I was talking about before and Jim, who I do know, I know Jim. He's very educated and intelligent. I really respect what he says. And when he challenges me on that, it does make me think twice about it. But where is the system that's allowing this to happen? Who's running it? I'll be right back after this break with a lesson for you. Stay tuned. from our protected springs and is delivered right to your door. Great planning, Bob. Hey, where are you going with that? Those Martians are stealing my water. Guess we have some new customers. And anyone can get Mount Shasta spring water if they call us at 1-800-922-6227. Pure and simple, naturally the best Mount Shasta spring water. Every day I wake up at 5 to give Dad his medicine. Every day I wake up at 5 to give Dad his medicine. At 6, I make his breakfast. Every day I wake up at 5 to give Dad his medicine. At 6 I make his breakfast. At 7 I shower. Every day I wake up at 5. For those caring for a loved one, we hear you. That's why AARP created a community to help us better care for ourselves and the ones we love. Visit aarp.org slash caregiving. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Hamilton was adopted from a rescue in 2008. He really likes to be around people. I get out my mat and I'm doing a downward dog and he's underneath. He's quite the pug about town. He gets invited to a lot of parties. He knows he's a pretty big deal. Look at this little face. I do not love him. Hamilton the Pug, Instagram star and shelter pet. Amazing adoption stories start in shelters. Visit theshelterpetproject.org to find a pet near you. Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Business Buzz. I'm your host, Harold Littlejohn, CPA. Happy to help with anything you need. You can reach me at 895-3353. For you tech-savvy people, you can email me, harold at hlittlejohn.com. Now, I promised you at the start of the show, I would give you a lesson that you can actually participate in and learn today. And then you can tell me next week whether it helps. So I'm going to read this from my blog, which is at my website, which is about my book, which is not technically published yet, but it's in the process. The book is called The Miracle Business Method. And if you go to miraclebusinessmethod.com, you can read all about my book. 
It's also sort of subtitled Simple Steps to Free Your Business Mind. So all of you business people in Chico, you can go to my website and start there to get some help. Now, I'm going to give you a lesson today. It's going to be fun. If you try it, I can almost guarantee it will benefit you in some way. And I'm going to fill you in on a couple of examples of direct people that I know who have been helped by this. The first example I'm going to give you is the very first time when I put together this miracle business method, which consists of five or six main steps. I've kind of edited it around lately, but there's five or six main categories of learning that this method entails. I put it together as a small seminar for people I already knew that I figured would be interested in hearing about it. The story I'm telling you right now, first off, is evidence that it works. Excuse me, I have an issue and I'm reaching for a tissue. This cold has been kind of nasty. I was able to procure a room at the law school to give my seminar because I teach at the law school. I teach the tax class there. And I had about 10 people that I knew that came to listen to my miracle business method. And I spent a couple hours explaining all the different steps, teaching them how to do these things. And one of the guests that were there listening, who's a man that I knew, he's actually a client of mine, he emailed me the next day morning and he said, because this seminar was like 8 p.m., he emailed me the next morning. He said, Harold, it worked. I did what you told me to do for the 10-minute drive on the way home and when I got home, everything was completely different from the way it usually would be. This person said, usually when I get home, my spouse would be like either sleeping or in the other room watching a television show, not interested in my latest seminar, my latest get-rich-quick scheme. But last night was totally different. I did what you told me to do on my way home driving. And when I got to the door, I was greeted. I was asked how things went, and I had a really great night. That's my first story about this teaching that I gave to those people that night. Now, the second story I'm going to read from my blog on MiracleBusinessMethod.com. I'm just going to read this, and I will come back after I read this real quick. The following is an email received from a friend who is a student of... And the name of this process I'm going to teach you is Ho'oponopono, the ancient Hawaiian problem-solving method. This is the blog I'm reading from. Read on to see how beneficial this fun and easy practice can be. For more information, visit my methods page and click on Ho'oponopono. And I'll spell that for you later. Okay, here's, the, here's the blog post, which is just, all this is is a direct quote from a letter that I received. I want to share with you what happened last night. We were driving to Southern California. We had the car checked out before we left. We also said a prayer. I also ho'oponoponoed right before we left. It was around 8.45 p.m. We were moving with traffic around 70 miles per hour in a pack of cars in the fast lane. By the way, they were heading to Los Angeles. Oh, they already said that. Okay, I'm sorry. There was a car in front, a car behind us, and two tractor-trailer rigs to the side of us. Suddenly, we heard a loud rumbling noise and realized that our right rear tire had exploded. Matt was driving, and he slowed down and tried to move over so we could get into the shoulder. We then lost control of the car and spun around into a complete 360-degree turn, all the while going around 60 miles per hour. During this time, I immediately started Ho'oponopono. They say that time slows down during traumatic events, or at least our perception of time slows down. In any case, I got at least four Ho'oponoponos out in that brief period. I watched as we careened out of control, missing the truck next to us with our front end. It seemed like only inches away. 
I remember thinking that it was rather odd how we could see the lights of the car speeding toward us. I knew we had no control of the car. All we could do was brace for what happened next or just to render, uh, just surrender to the spin of my car that happened to start acting like a top. I surrendered and waited to see what happened next. We ended up missing the big rig by what we ended up missing the big rig by what seemed like inches. Our troubles were not over since we still had no control over the car and a ditch awaited us. After that brief sightseeing tour, we hit the shoulder. There was an embankment that went down around six feet on a slope. At that point, we were airborne. I ended up hitting my head on the handrail above my window. Suddenly, we were no longer moving. The soft dirt of the shoulder stopped us. We were shaken and bruised, yet safe and surprisingly upright. This was a true miracle. I was expecting to hit any one of the four vehicles around us. It was truly miraculous that we didn't hit anyone else. CHP came and took a report. An ambulance came and looked at my head. I am okay, just an egg grew on the side of my head. I am pretty hard-headed. I felt very disoriented for the first hour afterwards. We couldn't tell what was going on with the car except that it had two flat tires. A tow truck came and we ended up taking it to Los Banos. We stayed the night in a motel and got the car checked out this morning. As it turns out, the car made it out okay. It just needed new tires and the rest of it can be handled after we get back to Chico. I just wanted to share this because I believe that Ho'oponopono saved our lives. So that was the letter that I wanted to share with you because I learned this method by reading a book. And the book was called Zero Limits. The interesting thing about this book, it's got two authors. One of The reason I found this book is one of the authors is one of my favorite internet marketing money-making gurus named Joe Vitale, V-I-T-A-L-E. So I found his book and became fascinated by it. The co-author with him is, and he's got a very long name, but I shorten it to be called Dr. Hu Len, H-E-W-L-E-N, a Hawaiian man. The point of this book is that Joe Vitale was reading on the internet this story of a psychologist who went to work at a state hospital in Hawaii and within two years of him starting at 20 hours a week as a staff psychologist in the criminal, criminally insane ward, within about two years the ward was closed because it was no longer needed. This man fixed the ward. And that's why the book Zero Limits is so interesting. So I decided to learn about this and practice it also. And what I found is this simple method that you use will fix anything. Now, for the reasons why it fixes things, I can't even explain it all. I think I've got about five or six minutes left in today's broadcast. I'll let you look that up and do a little bit of research. Uh, first, I'm going to spell it for you. So if you're interested, you can look it up. There's tons of people online that talk all about it. They write books about it. It's H-O-apostrophe-O-P-O-N-O-P-O-N-O. Ho-O-Pono-Pono. So you can read all about it on the Internet. But what I'm here to say is give it a try. The two people that I just told the stories about both realize how well it works. And it works on anything, anybody. It works anywhere. And the real nice thing is you don't even need to let anybody know you're doing it. You do it completely by yourself in your own mind. So let's get into the actual instruction of how you practice this Ho'oponopono method. Just concentrate on whatever problem you think you have and say, 
and you're not saying it to the person you're thinking about. You're saying it to your, I'll just call it your inner being or your higher spirit, however you want to describe that. You could say the Holy Spirit. Uh, Christians could say Jesus, but you could say Holy Spirit. But you need to remember you're talking to someone who's inside you, but you're not saying it out loud. So while thinking about your imagined problem, you say, I love you, I'm sorry, please forgive me, thank you. And you say it over and over. I'll let you try it so you can see for yourself what happens. I have one incident where it happened to me and I feel like it was sort of like the two people I just filled you in on. It's it's a long story, but I had a person actually that was sort of someone who would not be nice to me and my family. And after I did this Ho'oponopono work, that person actually came up to my family and said, I'm really sorry for what happened in the past and I won't go into tons of detail doesn't really matter what I'm saying is if you try this and start doing it regularly you may find some shocking results where your problems that you thought you had can start being solved if you want you can look at my website miraclebusinessmethod.com it's in the process of being uh, updated I don't bring it up a lot on the air because I am currently working on get it, getting it modernized, making it work better. But there's a lot of information that I've shared there that you can look at. And I have a book that I'm publishing. It's going to be self-published, of course. And it's called The Miracle Business Method. And it lists out all of these things you can do with simple steps to make them happen. This is just one of the many things you can do to make yourself feel better. And the whole point is it comes back to the thing about voting that I was talking about. I, my goal every day is not to make a million dollars. It's not to change the world. It's not to be elected to the Chico City Council. My goal every day is to be at peace and to feel happy. My goal is to feel good and be at peace. When I find something that helps me do that, I use it. Ho'oponopono is one of those things, and I hope you can try it and you might find it also brings you peace and makes you feel good. This comes back to the thing I said about voting. I don't want to be all worked up around election time. I know some people, like our caller today, feel that if I drop out, I'm kind of abandoning ship and not helping to get things turned around. But for me, I am at peace when I'm not conflicted all the time. And the whole thing about divide and conquer, like I was telling you about with the Charlotte's, Charlotte, North Carolina incidents that have happened, and the fact that there was a Craigslist ad paying people to act in a protest, possibly, around Charlotte that weekend. This is another divide and conquer, and in my opinion, the voting system is another divide and conquer. And we have two parties, Democrat, Republican, divide and conquer. We have two groups at the Charlotte thing. We have the white supremacists and the anti-white supremacists, divide and conquer. We have the rich and the poor. We have the homeless and the people with homes. Divide and conquer. That's all I'm going to say for today. Call me anytime. I can help you out a lot. And thank you for listening. Join me next Tuesday at 3 o'clock for another episode of Business Buzz. This is Harold Littlejohn saying see you next week. KKXX Paradise K280GL Chico and K283AR Chico Yuba City Marysville
Sometimes insurance can be a confusing business. I can't stress enough the importance of having a single professional insurance agent to help make sense of all your personal and business insurance policies. You don't want to get caught without the right coverage. For all your insurance needs, trust Brad Jacobson, your local farmer's insurance agent. Call 891-7900 for a free consultation and a policy review. 891-7900 for Brad Jacobson, your local farmer's insurance agent. Maybe you haven't been to church in a while because you have the idea that church is not relevant to your life. But churches have changed a lot. Here's what some people have to say about churches these days. I think there's just really a closeness among the people. There is life here that that is not in this world that um, this world has, doesn't have to offer. I really like a positive environment. They really provide an opportunity for everyone to get involved. Church, look around and check one out. There's one out there for you. It's a real loving community. A message from Life Radio, KKXX, AM and FM. With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. The Islamic State group has claimed responsibility for the van attack in Barcelona that officials say killed 12 people and injured at least 80 others, 15 of them seriously. A statement carried by the terrorist group's media arm says Thursday's attack was carried out by, quote, soldiers of the Islamic State, unquote. Through an interpreter, Meda Ada Kolo says those behind the attack will not break the spirit of her city. The cowards who have tried to instill fear and hate in our city will not 